0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Today we are talking about Goals for Bulls. Here with me in studio is their founder and CEO, Sarah Shaw. How are you doing today?
0: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you very much. (laughs) Uh, Friend of the show, recommended you guys to uh, be on here. I love organizations like this. You guys are relatively new, I would say.
0: Yeah, we started last October, so a little over a year now.
1: New, and you're young, and it involves things that I like, uh, including soccer. I think it's a really unique organization. So let's start getting to know what Goals for Bulls is all about. What is this organization? What do you guys do?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, So we're a 501c3 nonprofit, um, like I said, founded in last October, for every soccer ball that we sell, we donate a soccer ball and a meal to a child in need in an underprivileged country. Um, so we went to Ghana this past summer um, on our first trip. We took 24 soccer balls, and with donations, we were able to feed over 350 kids um, in an orphanage in a small village in Duimpopo, Ghana. It was okay. awesome. Okay.
1: All right. So yeah. that is amazing. <laughs> Let's talk about just the the origins of this organization. How did you put together the idea of selling soccer balls and feeding the needy?
0: Well, I played soccer for four years at Texas A&M University in College Station. Um, so I grew up playing soccer my entire life. It's always been one of my biggest passions. Uh, my family and I have volunteered at the same food pantry every single Thursday night since I was 10 in uh, North Ocean Hills, Texas. Which one is um, it? A community Enrichment Center. Okay. And so... Um, soccer and feeding others and helping others has always been my two biggest passions. And so during my senior year at A&M, as my soccer season was coming to a close, I was just trying to figure out a way to stay involved in um, the sport that gave so much to me. And um, I decided I've always wanted to have a charity, um, but I figured that'd be way down the line. Um, But I figured, why not now? I can make a difference now. You don't have to wait to start something that matters. So
1: so you just jumped immediately just in. Just jumped in. So is your, is your soccer career done? Are you done with soccer, at least yes. as a player?
0: Yes. Um, I graduated um, last December, so a year um, from now, or a year ago, and uh, my eligibility's up from NCAA, so <laughs> I'm just starting the, in the <laughs> so, real world. <laughs> so you're
1: putting that putting that behind you. But you decided to carry it on, like you were saying. You wanted to try and evolve that important part of your life into the next phase of your life, and Goals for bowls is kind of the result of that.
0: Right. Soccer gave me so much... Um, it changed my life. I've made incredible friends because of it. It's just given me so much. It's given me a great education. Um, and I know so many people that soccer was their way out of out of poverty, out of family issues, out of just weird and not great situations. And so um, if I can provide a little bit of hope through a soccer ball um, for kids all over the world, that's that's what I want to do.
1: So soccer is the international sport. But the world's
0: the beautiful game. The beautiful game, but it
1: is not an American sport. Right. So, do you think that playing the world sport helped you to understand the realities of what is going on in the world a little bit better? To, to understand maybe that people in Ghana might need help, that people in Nepal might need help. Did, did it did it help you to think globally, as they say?
0: Absolutely. Like you said, it's the beautiful game. Um, the beautiful thing about soccer is all you need is a ball. You know, you don't you don't need. Whether it's one person or it's a whole village, um, everyone can play. It doesn't matter your age, your race, your gender, your ethnicity, your socioeconomic background. It unites everyone across all those specters. So it really is an amazing, um, amazing sport. It really does bring community. And like I said, hope. Some of these kids don't have anything. And so just being able to play soccer for an hour, get outside and play is not only good for their health, but it's good just for emotional Um, stability and all that goes with it so yeah growing up soccer is obviously a a very global sport Um, so seeing different national teams play um, you always wonder wow uh, what would it be like to be in that country and uh, I wonder what those kids what kind of field they played on what kind of balls they played with and um, you see pictures of kids in Africa playing with I don't know like trash bags wrapped together barefoot or yeah barefoot or in flip-flops that's most the kids played in flip-flops and I could never play soccer in (laughs) flip-flops no no. I don't understand.
1: absolutely not
0: just just always being thankful um for what soccer gave me and what I'm able to give back to the sport and helping in other ways um like the food is such a big thing um that's something that we take for granted um we're hungry at noon for lunch you know we're like oh we have to go get something to eat but some people don't have that luxury and so just realizing that the world's bigger than just Dallas, Texas, or just your neighborhood is important.
1: Sarah Shaw is the founder of Goals for Bowls, their website, goalsforbowls.com. What was your initial uh, want out of this organization? Was it to help feed kids or was it to help give them something fun in their lives?
0: It's both. Um, It really is the two. It's soccer and giving them hope and fun and joy kids need that they're kids at the end of the day you know and a lot of the times kids aren't able to be kids in this world um, unfortunately and then food is just so important there's so many places that food security really isn't um, available so it's those two things but also soccer and food are just physical avenues Um, we're not specifically a christian organization but they are values and our background Um, and so we take bibles and run vacation Bible school out of our own money. It's mm-hmm. none of the money comes from goals for bowls. So that's just another way to spread spread the love of Jesus to these kids, but through these avenues. So it's kind of a trifecta.
1: Had you traveled internationally? Because, you know, you and I as Americans can talk about poverty, but when you go to a place like Nepal or or Ghana, that's a level of poverty that we're not familiar with in the United States. So, had you traveled internationally, were you aware of the way things were other places?
0: Right. It's it's really hard to fathom just how poor other places are. Um, I have traveled previously. Um, I went on a study abroad um, all throughout Western Europe in my time at A and M. But I've always we've always been involved in missions mm. um, and donating to different missionaries all over the world. But now that I'm done with soccer, we finally are able to go. Um, and so now is our chance to go. So
1: You're kind of spreading yourself out across the globe. We've talked about a couple of different countries that you're helping out, including Ghana, the Philippines, India, Nepal. What was the first area that you went to?
0: Um, so our first trip was to Ghana. Um, this past summer, we took 24 soccer balls, and we were able to feed over 350 kids in an orphanage and in a small village in Kumasi and Duimpopo, Ghana. Um, We went there first. I grew up playing soccer in California with about a dozen or so Ghanaian boys. And so soccer was their way out of Ghana, out of poverty to America. They got to come here and have um, great high school educations. They all played D1 college soccer. Um, Several of them are professional. And so a soccer ball simply changed their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, that was their, their way to a better life. And so we wanted to go to Ghana first because that has played such a big impact on me. Um, seeing these boys who came from nothing, have nothing, just the joy on their face, knowing that they're in America playing, following their dreams is just the coolest thing. So Ghana was first. We had to come to Ghana. Um, Nepal was the second one we always wanted to go to. Um, We just have a really good family friend who's a missionary who travels all over Asia. But Nepal just really stuck with me um, for some reason. Um, The earthquake that happened recently a few years ago kind of really switched gears and um, I know that's a country that we can go to and help. And then, so we're planning on going to the Philippines um, this upcoming summer. Um, that's a, a trip that our church is going on. But so, really, wait, do
1: you know anybody from the Philippines? Because all these other places you've had a real personal connection to.
0: Um, I actually, that same camp in California, there was a, a, a boy that played um, – was from the Philippines, and so I'm really good friends with him. His name is Ziggy. Okay. Um, so that's pretty cool. Ziggy from the Philippines? Yep. <laughs> uh,
1: the school that you're talking about in, in California, is it a soccer academy? Is that where a lot of these guys, how you were meeting these people? It's just a
0: soccer camp. It's called One Soccer Schools. Okay. And uh, they have a residential camp in uh, Santa Barbara. So it's kind like of so, like a
1: feeder system maybe for Yeah. Athletes? For some reason,
0: a lot of... Well, the program that from the Ghanaian boys was Right to Play in Africa, and so... For some reason, they all ended up in Santa Barbara. They went to Dunn School um in Santa Barbara, and from there, just worked the camps and.
1: All right. So I'm really interested in in the whole Ghana story. So you met a group of about twelve guys that were mm-hmm. all from Ghana, and you played soccer with them and were friends with them, and this got you interested in the country. Right. And then you went to two or three different cities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we were, went to. Were any of these guys from
0: those cities? Yes. Um. So we went to Accra, which is the capital of Ghana in southern Ghana. Um, Kumasi is a few hours above that, north of that, and Duimpopo is a small rural village. But a lot of my friends were from Accra, the big city.
1: Okay, so. all right. Did they think it was kind of? What did they think about you wanting to take this journey and to help out Ghana and to help out? You know where they're from.
0: Yeah. Well, one of my best friend um, from there, I still keep in touch. I was texting him yesterday. Um, his name's Bello, and he's from Accra, and um, he was so excited. He was telling me all about. Um, what it was like he said I should go visit his family while I was there did you, to,
1: did you get to meet his family we d-
0: didn't have a chance but um, we met his sister okay but we didn't get to meet anyone else but he was just so excited he's he's donated to goals for bowls he loves what we're doing you better so yeah
1: <laughs> um, very cool. so did any of those guys come with you or who actually went on your journey
0: So um, my mom and I, uh, Susan Shaw, she's our COO. She's our shipping department, as she likes to call herself. (laughs) But um, while I'm still in school, she takes care of the business side of it. But the two of us went. um, We're the only two in Golster Bowls. My dad's on the board. Okay. but that's because we had to have three people on the board. So.
1: <laughs> He's only there because we have to have him.
0: <laughs> he, he has to stay behind and, and actually work while we, while we have fun. Yeah, so. you guys, guys
1: got to go to Ghana. You got to meet the people.
0: Yeah, so we went with another um, 501c3 nonprofit called Where Love Abounds, and I actually found them on Instagram. I was just scrolling cool. on Instagram and saw a cute little African baby holding a soccer ball, and I clicked on it, and um, they had gone a few times before, and so we went with them
1: is it what you expected what was it like
0: it was incredible the people are the nicest people you can ever expect to meet pretty much everyone speaks english which we i was didn't actually know going to ugly
1: american it up and ask what yeah. the dominant what is it the, do they what is the dominant, langu- so is, is english their, the dominant language so their
0: native language is Twi. Twee, twee um which everyone knows and then they learn english when they get to about school age okay so pretty much everyone knows Twi in and english interesting yeah, so it was very easy to communicate with everyone. Did you pick up any um, tweet? I did not. No. Come
1: on. <laughs> Nothing? Not even no. a thank you?
0: <laughs> I tried, but uh, it was very hard. <laughs> yeah. Is it tough? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And most spoke English, so we didn't even hear the native awesome. the native language that much. So um, about 80% of Ghana, 85 is Christian, which is another thing we didn't know. But um, the most incredible thing is just how kind and open everyone was. It was such a poor country. Um, it's one of the most affluent in Africa it is on the Gold Coast yeah but still the poverty you just can't imagine Um just walking down the street you know there if there are streets it's so an incredible experience were
1: these areas so it, one of the cities you went to I should have done more inter or, uh, study about Ghana but one was the capital the other was kind of out there and the other said was really like, yeah way so across there. the capital so, as far um, as the, the main the...
0: city and then Kumasi is um, the king city and so that's another big a big city in Ghana um, and they're pretty close together They're about a four-hour drive apart. Okay, and then um, there's a small village small rural village near Kumasi called Duompopo Which is where we went and fed the 300 kids.
1: Okay, so you show up Did you have any contact with anybody in that small village Dom Popo?
0: Yeah, Duompopo Um, so where Love Abounds has been there previously. Um and so they have a pastor, Pastor Mark and his wife Golda, who really led this, um led this trip. And so um they volunteer at this Bible club in the Duimpopo village. And so um we got there, they were there were three hundred kids all singing Bible songs about Jesus and we did vacation bible school and then we fed all of them. We brought um about eight hundred dollars for food. In Ghana, it's crazy because in America, when you think of inexpensive food, you think of rice. At the food pantry, rice, they have rice in abundance. Um, In Ghana, rice is expensive, and so they only have rice about once a week. At the orphanage, the kids only have chicken or meat about once, maybe twice a year. That's how crazy it is. And so we were able to feed. So um, what is
1: their food staple then if they're not eating rice?
0: So their main food, um, at least at the orphanage is a root called uh, cassava and yeah. what you do is you peel the root and then you put it in a little bucket and you pound it with this giant mounding stick and you add water and um, then you boil it and so it's like this soupy broth um, once it's made it's called fufu and so they all eat fufu um, did you try any? I did not <laughs> because we were feeding them chicken and rice <laughs> fair
1: enough okay all right and we
0: made peanut butter soup my mom was standing over the outside fire making rice balls and peanut butter soup so <laughs> that was pretty cool to, to wow. watch
1: all right so you you got to feed uh, all these kids you said what 300
0: yeah so at the orphanage it's called cherub's uh, children's home um it's an orphanage in kamasi we fed we were able to feed all fifty children there, um, ranging from newborns to eighteen, for about a week. And then we were able to go to the Bible club in Popo where we fed the three hundred kids um, for that meal.
1: They got the food, and I'm. They're obviously excited about that but you also had soccer balls yes so what was i don't what, know
0: which they were more excited I was for honestly say, what were they more <laughs> excited
1: about because they're kids yes. so i mean yeah if you're hungry food is great but also you're a kid and some brand new yeah. soccer balls just the sweet. smiles
0: were just unbelievable they were just so joyous i've never seen kids smile so big in my life so we brought 24 soccer balls um eight for the orphanage 20 uh, 16 for the village and we have white and black soccer balls and uh, in size five mm-hmm. which is a bigger size and then we have a size three which is smaller um, that's white and blue so we took the white and black larger ones as soon as we started playing with the white ones they immediately were brown because of the <laughs> dirt and the mud um, the soccer field we play on would have chickens and goats and cows roaming around
1: was it I mean was it a field or was it it was
0: like a, a mud strip okay. yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it started pouring rain when we were at the village, and mm-hmm. so it was funny. The um, the soccer coach of the village asked my mom, are we going to play? It's it's pouring rain, and my mom said, well, do y'all play in the rain? Or do you guys, because they don't say y'all there, <laughs> play in the rain? And he said, yeah, of course, and she's like, well, we play in the rain, and the the biggest smile came on his face awesome. whenever we said that, and so... We had the Americans versus the Ghanaians and we played soccer in the pouring rain and the mud. Every two to three seconds someone would wipe out and slide yeah. in the mud and it would just be three hundred kids erupting in laughter. It was the coolest thing, coolest moment of my life.
1: That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Did the kids know that you were going to give them soccer balls? Like did they, they know did why you were there? They
0: it's kinda of funny. So we were told we were going to this village mm-hmm. and we were excited and we were told that the kids um, we're expecting a surprise. And we're like, oh, what's the surprise? And she's like, it's you guys. They had never, we were the first ever white people to enter the village. And so they'd never even seen white people before, wow. um, which is crazy. What and was so- that?
1: Let's. We're not glossing over that. <laughs> what was what was that like?
0: It was crazy. I mean, you see
1: stuff like that in National Geographic maybe mm-hmm. or like... You hear about those things, but to actually experience something like that, it must have been crazy. What what was that like?
0: When we drove up, they were like cheering and yelling and uh, clapping. And then whenever we would um, like talk to them after, they would constantly just be touching our arms, touching our skin, touching our hair. Um, they would say, "Miss Susan, your skin's so pretty." Miss Susan, your skin is so pretty, <laughs> and she's like, "Thank you." And whenever she was watching us play soccer, the little girls on the sideline were would be picking off bugs from her skin, oh, you know, because so it's funny. just pouring rain and it's in the middle of. Ghana. Yeah. So there's bugs everywhere. Right. So She's like, I've never, I never thought I would be in the rain in Ghana having these cute little girls pick bugs off my skin and tell me how beautiful I am.
1: Such, an, uh, such a surreal <laughs> experience. So what, what did that trip do for you and for the organization?
0: Um, what well, was our first trip? So it was um, kind of a tester just to see um, how it would go. We weren't sure about the food, if we would, um, how we would get it, how we would source it. But really going into the community and buying it there is what we decided is the best. It stimulates their local economy. Yeah. It builds relationships in their um area. So we really so we learned uh, to do that. Um, going forward, we're excited to go on like I said, to those other trips to the Philippines, Indiana. So did Nepal. it really
1: double down on the idea that this is this is good, this is where we should be and we should really start yes. pushing forward if anything work harder?
0: Yeah. We um this isn't a one and done type of thing we're looking to do this long-term my mom and I like I said have always loved soccer always loved giving back to others and so it's it's a cool thing to be able to do with my mom Mm -hmm. just bonding with her through our travels and um, just being so appreciative of of her and of our relationship and so being able to do this with her um, we're definitely planning on doing it for the long haul
1: did that did that bonding experience was that something that you expected or was that just kind of a a wonderful result
0: Uh, my mom and I've always been really close Um, She's here with me right now. She's in the morning. She is. Susan is in the building. (laughs) But um, we've always been really close. But, you know, going into different orphanages and um, seeing these kids who don't have moms, who don't have loving families to hold them and care for them and um, just being so thankful um, for what I have. And that was really the big takeaway from the trip is just I'm thankful for every drop of water I have. I'm thankful for a shower. I'm thankful for a toilet. A toothbrush just little things like that is is really the big takeaway from the trip and we want to get people to realize that the world is bigger than just your little community Mm -hmm. Um, that there's problems and people suffering here in Dallas and also all over the world and really knowing that one person really can make a difference um, but it does take a community to change the whole world
1: have your trips made it hard for you to hear people complain
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> how is absolutely. That, what has what,
1: what, what that experience been like?
0: Um, I just have to catch myself because I always hear people say, oh, man, I'm starving. And I'm like, you're not starving. Let's clarify. You're just hungry. You'll be fine. Or um, just complain about just little things. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you have no idea how lucky you are. But um, I try not to vocalize it as much. Just yeah. I don't want to lose friends. Right. But, uh, <laughs> you can't push that too hard. But yeah. it does
1: it does change your outlook.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: All right. So we have been to Ghana. And the next trip you said was in Nepal.
0: We're going to the Philippines.
1: So wait. So Ghana's been the only trip so far. Ghana's
0: the first and only trip so far. Okay. all right. The and Philippines, Philippines will be this upcoming summer, um, June 19th through the 30th. And then we also have a trip planned for um, summer of 2019, which will be to India and Nepal.
1: Okay. All right. So I did see something on your website, which once again is goalsforbullet.com, that you you were doing stuff with Nepal, or you had in the past. So is that just sending aid over there since you haven't been personally? We've
0: we've always given money, food, um, soccer balls all over the world. Um, Cambodia, Nepal, Tanzania, Romania, all over. Um, That's always been... One of um, the things my family has really enjoyed, we've done other things, but growing up playing soccer and at the food pantry, those have been my passions, and so my parents made it happen. So um, we have done stuff, um, but now, like I said, we're finally able to go, which is super exciting. It's we've awesome. always wanted to go, but now we actually can.
1: Looking forward to your trip in the mm-hmm. Philippines. Do you know where you're going?
0: We're going to Batanga City, um, which is just south of Manila, which is the capital. All right. So we'll be there for about 12 days. You excited? so excited all right yeah we're going with my church Uh, my church usually goes every summer to Uganda but the pastor from Uganda will actually be in America during that time so we are going to Philippines instead okay all right (laughs) yeah so Uganda will probably be on the list soon too (laughs) so
1: you're just adding countries and it seems like for each country you have some sort of connection you're not just Mm -hmm. throwing a dartboard at the globe and and hoping that people there would want your help Mm -hmm. you have this personal connection do you think that that helps kind of propel things uh, for the organization
0: absolutely um for example, I was um, I played soccer at ANM, and so I was featured on the SEC network um, as a commercial for Goals for Bowls. Oh. Um and I talked about Nepal on it. And we got an email from um, a man and his son in Kentucky who had seen the commercial, and he adopted his son from Nepal. And so just people like that, just reaching out, telling us their stories. His name's Jonathan. He was adopted from Nepal was left in the middle of a forest and a police officer found him and took him to this orphanage and so just being able to hear stories like that is really cool and knowing that um, people are connecting with us and appreciate where our heart is and and all of this
1: let's talk a little bit about what you guys need so the organization is small but mighty
0: right it's you and your mom
1: (laughs) kind of your dad um so are there any volunteer opportunities that you guys have available if people want to get involved with goals for goals
0: our main thing is for every soccer ball we sell they're $25 each we donate a soccer ball and a meal to a child in need um, this is based off the Tom Shoes model um, the one-for-one one model where they send where if you buy a pair of shoes they donate a pair of shoes so that's what it's based off of but with donations we're able to um, feed so many more children like I said we took 24 soccer balls and fed 350 kids 50 of those for an entire week so donations are really um, where we make the most impact because like For example, my grandma, she's 80. She Mm -hmm. doesn't need a soccer ball, you know, but she would love to help out. Right. So we also have um, designated donations in which people can purchase for also $25. Okay. Um, That'll send a soccer ball and a meal to a child in need in someone's honor. So I had a man at church the other day purchase six. He wanted to send them to his brothers and sisters. He said, well, they don't need anything, but they would love to know that they're helping someone else. Sure. So we do that as well. And all of that's on our website, goalsforballs.com where you can buy any of the three soccer balls we have. Um, we have T-shirts and the designated donations.
1: All right, so when you buy a soccer ball from Goals for Bowls, you get a soccer ball, mm-hmm. a soccer ball is donated, right. and a portion of that money is going to go to food.
0: hundred. Well, 100% of the money.
1: 100% of the money. Yeah,
0: we don't take anything out. It's 100% all going to um, the children. We pay for all of our travel and flight on our own. None of it comes from Goals for Bowls. We're lucky to be in a position where we can do this um, mm-hmm. personally. And so we really want it just to be for the children. So, so yeah, when you buy a soccer ball, the soccer ball will be given, and then the rest of the money will all go to food.
1: And where do you all get the soccer balls?
0: Um, we actually get them manufactured um, in Pakistan and sent over. Um, the one soccer schools that I mentioned, they use this supplier for their soccer balls. And mm. so I just contacted the man who runs it and asked if he knew any suppliers, and he gave me this guy, and it's been great. So, once so again, it really is your, a global. <laughs> so you're really good at networking. You're good <laughs> at
1: meeting people and, and, and helping those people and using those people to a certain extent to to kind of get stuff going.
0: Yeah, that's that's the goal. It's just to, we want to just affect as many people as we can with soccer and with food and with Jesus. We're just small, a small two person team. But. In our opinion, if you can uh, if you can help just one person or touch one person's life, then it's all worth it.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the future. You've got plans set up for the next two years at least. Mm-hmm. How do you see this organization growing? Are you are you happy with the with the way that you guys are going, or do you see a lot of growth coming for Goals for Bulls within the future?
0: Um, well, we probably will be um, expanding to more countries. Um, however, as donations keep going we're planning on donating at least once a year back to those organizations that we've been to so we're going to donate back to cherubs and to the the village as donations pick up we'll be able to do that biannually and quarterly just as the money um comes in we're gonna so you to...
1: are going to go so your plan is to go to different places but you're also going to keep in touch with the places right can.
0: yeah we're not just going to be a one and done organization we we, we spent 12 days with these kids. You know, we really got to bond with them. Um, I personally sponsored two of them for food for an entire year and I paid for a little child's cancer treatment that we met at the hospital while we were there and just like stuff like that. You know, it's not just a one and done organization. We really care about these kids that we're meeting and want to help them um, in the future.
1: Was that planned or did that idea of sticking with them Did that come into existence after meeting these kids and being being a part of their lives? I honestly
0: hadn't really thought about it. Um, And then after the trip, I knew I wanted to go to more countries than just Ghana. Mm -hmm. And feasibly, I can't just go to Ghana every week like I would like to. (laughs) I do have to get a job (laughs) once I graduate. Um, So just being able to send um, donations over to trusted sources. Like I said, we've met them. We know them. We trust them. Um, We trust them with our money, so I think that speaks highly. So we trust them with the donations we raise as well. Um, But yeah, after going there and meeting them, and they're just great people. These these kids, I literally was, there was one picture of me where I'm sitting on the ground and there's six sleeping kids just laying all over me for two hours. I just sat there while they slept on me. You know, they just don't have that human contact ever. They don't have the love and care. No one's going to sit with them for two hours and just rub their back you know just talk to them and so that really it changed my life i know it changed my mom's as well Um, we're just so thankful to be able to do this and spread our passion and our values um, with as many kids as we can across the world
1: well it's a fantastic organization once again goals for bowls their website goalsforbowls.com i've been speaking with sarah shaw she is her founder and CEO. If you'd like to contact her or the organization, you can hit her up via email at Sarah S-A-R-A-H at goalsforbulls.com. Soccer balls, t shirts, just straight donations available. Please be a part of it. Um, is Ghana in the World Cup this year? I don't remember. Do you know?
0: No. They're not they are not. It was a shocker. The some of the best countries in the world won't be in the World Cup. It was US it's terrible. Ghana, Italy. Netherlands, Italy. Yeah. It's
1: a rough time for soccer. It
0: is. It's sad. Maybe we'll have a new winner. Maybe we'll have a new winner. See?
1: You're, maybe you're giving a soccer ball to, <laughs> to a future World Cup champion. Maybe
0: I'll go to whatever country wins it. Maybe we'll go. do that to celebrate. <laughs>
1: all right. All right. Sarah, uh, once again, thank you very much. It was great meeting you. Good luck. And uh, maybe you can uh, hook me up with somebody from Community Enrichment Center.
0: Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.